Hi, everyone, and welcome to the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And yeah, that's right. We only allowed Matt one week off for having a child because this is America. Yeah. Please, God. (laughs) Matt, how's fatherhood going so far, man? It really is great. Uh, We're so in love with our baby girl, and it's tough, but loving every minute of it. Well... I'm kind of jealous that you had your baby girl to distract you from uh, what happened on Saturday night. Um, yeah, I was not loving every minute of this game. I was loving yeah. very few minutes of this game. Your, your daughter, your daughter has now seen two blowout tech losses. So she has. Um, yeah. Well. Well, uh, a lot went wrong in this game. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's jump into it. Then. I, I, I'm ready to jump right in. Yeah, and we'll start with the 90 second recap. Um, we'll see. This may go a little bit longer than 90 seconds because a lot happened, even though most of it was bad. The game starts out disastrously as South Alabama returns the opening kickoff for a touchdown. Luckily, it's called back on penalty, but the Jaguar offense just moves the ball at will for the touchdown anyway. Tech goes three and out and South Alabama gets their special teams touchdown with a punt return less than four minutes in and it's 14 to nothing South Alabama. The Bulldogs finally get the ball moving on the next drive thanks to some luck. McNeil throws across his body, Brett Favre style, to find smoke for 36 yards. Then it completes a 12-yard pass to Bear that goes through the defender's hands. All for naught, though, as Tech fails to convert on a fourth down and turns the ball over on downs. Willie Roberts is able to catch an interception basically like a receiver on the next drive, setting up a deep bomb to smoke that could have cut the deficit in half, but instead it's dropped. And instead, the next pass attempt is into quadruple coverage for another interception. Jaguars punt, and Smoke doesn't drop the next deep bomb attempt to him, although he almost did. And after a penalty on the celebration dance, it's 14-7 South Alabama. Pass interference after pass interference and a missed tackle after missed tackle by Tech allow the Jaguars to drive all the way down inside the red zone, but great pursuit on a third and goal play for South Alabama to kick the field goal going up 17-7. The Bulldogs put together another long drive, but this one also ends with a pick. Probably the most excusable of McNeil's four interceptions on the day, as he was hit as he was throwing. Jaguars punt, and Tech has 58 seconds to drive down the field and get some points. A couple successful runs, a complete pass, then a pass behind Smoke that he volleyballs into the air, and this one is picked as well. And we go into halftime somehow only down 17-7. But that lasts 52 seconds into the second half before a horrible decision by McNeil ends up as a pick six, 24-7 South Alabama. Into the game goes Matthew Downing. On his first drop back, a bad snap gets picked up. He scrambles into a sack and fumbles, and the Jaguars take advantage of the short field to go on top 31-7. The next two tech drives are Downing's, but he doesn't attempt a pass. Instead, when a pass play is drawn up, he takes off for a minimal gain or is sacked. Another long touchdown drive by South Alabama, but with McNeil in the game, the offense finds a pulse and drives for a touchdown in response, 38-14. Punts by both teams, and the Jags are able to bleed the rest of the clock, not before trying to run out the score, but they run out of time and only win by 24, 38-14. Yeah, that was two and a half minutes, but uh, I needed it because it's Tuesday, so I have already blocked almost all of this out of my memory. Um, This game was fucking terrible. I mean, just, just terrible from Tech. I think it said at some point in the chat... The passing is bad. The catching is bad. The rushing is bad. The tackling is bad. Special teams is bad. I just felt every single piece of this team was bad. And yes, if you take the defense by what they were able to do when they weren't given a short field, they were 
they were all right. They did well enough, but a semi-functioning defense being the best part of this team is really kind of sad. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, God, even just looking at the stats, I mean, like you said, Nathan, the defense only gives up 389 yards, 214 through the air, so that's pretty good. Uh, 175 on the ground, not so good. I mean, South Alabama had 14 penalties for 131 yards in this game, and we lost by 24 points. Yeah, man. I don't know. I'm sure we'll I'm sure we'll get into some of this, but just uh, just a complete embarrassment. Honestly, one of the worst games I can remember in terms of like our performance. I think the most frustrating thing for me was that South Alabama was just kind of there. Right. I didn't feel like they were doing anything to dominate us or force these turnovers. Tech just kept I mean, not even shooting ourselves in the foot, just like just like you want to you want to see. You see me mess up? Want to see me do it again? Right? Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just, uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't want to rag on Parker McNeil too much, but my God, dude, like, you can't make three of those passes that ended up in in interceptions. Yeah, the one that hits smoke in the hands that gets batted up in the air before the half, it hits him in the hands. It's somewhat excusable. It's not placed well, so it's still somewhat on McNeil. Uh, I don't like blaming a quarterback who gets hit as he throws for the interception yeah. that happens because there is an external force there. That wasn't the decision he was trying to make, but especially the pick six. And I'm not sure if it was just a wake up call from Cumbie or just, okay, we need to do something here, but desperation throw to the flat to a guy who is covered. It was insanely dumb. How dumb that move was. I, I mean, it wasn't, I wouldn't even call it a desperation throw. I mean, he literally stared down whichever receiver that was. Out in the flat, like you said, maybe five yards up the field on like an out route. And the the defender who had the absolute game of the century against us just now, Yam Banks or whatever his name is, <laughs> he he was in coverage standing right next to the receiver that McNeil stared down for five seconds. And McNeil just threw the pass anyway. I, I mean, like, what are you seeing there that makes you think you should throw that ball? I, if it was like his fourth read and he went through his progression and thought it was open, missed him somehow, like, okay, fine. I, I explained this to Jake the other day. I was talking to him about how bad the game was. And I was like, I was like, imagine the Tracy Porter interception if Tracy Porter was just standing right next to <laughs> Reggie Wade the whole time and Peyton Manning stared him down the whole time and then threw it anyway. That kind of is what happened. Uh, <laughs> but did it over and over again. Peyton Manning didn't throw four picks. Yeah, uh, just, not, that, yeah. not that night. Yeah, just to read Yam. Yeah, over his career, I'm sure he <laughs> did. Uh, Yam Banks. Uh, Yam is short for Yamaris. One tackle. That one tackle was for loss. You don't have to make a tackle if you're intercepting and picking up fucking fumbles every time you yeah, go on the field. This is what I'm saying, though. He The only time he ever made a tackle was behind the line of scrimmage. Two interceptions. One return for a touchdown. Uh, another pass defensed. And a fumble recovery. That's his night. We're out here making all conference players out of some of these guys, dude. That's ugh. the guy's name is Yam. We need more holiday themed food names. That's true. <laughs> I really hate when we have to play UAB at the end of the season, play against cranberry sauce. Yeah. <laughs> it's Turducken Jones. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> well, uh, we talked about recording right after the game ended and I was just too tired that day, but I was a little worried that I just wouldn't be as upset right now as I was right after that game. I don't think that's true. I'm 
pretty mad at what this team looked like. And maybe it's because of the roller coaster style season where we looked bad against Mizzou. We looked good against SFA. We looked good enough against Clemson. And then just we looked like this was our worst game of the year. We made South Alabama look like national championship contenders. (laughs) That's the thing. I, I don't even I don't even think they looked like anything. Honestly, I can't tell you anything they did well, anything they did poorly. I mean, I'm looking at the stat sheet, so I can tell you they ran the ball okay and they well, penalties, but like South Alabama was just there taking what we gave them, you know? Yeah, there was one play where LaDamian Webb, uh, it took 11 yards before he was touched. The running back. This was a run play. 11 yards before he's touched. Well, it was really bad. I was, <laughs> no, I watched the Chiefs game with my daughter on my chest. And she was watching. That was bad enough. Uh, but I didn't watch this game with Leah. She was uh, asleep. And God, I wish I would have been too. It was really bad. I was so excited about what I saw against SFA, which I wasn't delusional. I knew SFA wasn't very good. I mean, the <clears> team that just scored 98 yeah. points in one game. And shut and shut out said team. Yeah. Is, is Warner D3? I thought D3 teams couldn't play they're, Division One teams. They're NAIA. And I think it happened only because, yeah, I was, I was uh, messaging uh, Chris Mikoski, the announcer on Twitter. Uh, he actually yeah. called the game and uh, he said that it only got scheduled because like some weird shit happened with teams leaving the whack. Like oh, I see. they basically did what, what Marshall and ODU and, and USM did, but they did it like immediately before the season and said, yeah, we're, we're leaving this season um, with no notice. So SFA well, was left with, with the spot to fill. So yeah, SFA destroyed that team 98 to zero, which is pitiful, but I wasn't delusional. I knew tech was still going to struggle. I thought it was a step in the right direction to have performed so great against SFA. Uh, The South Alabama game is probably the worst game I've ever seen since I've been following tech football. Uh, So that was 10 or 11 years ago. It stunk. I thought the Corvette play was the worst I've ever seen tech have in my 10 years of following. I was extremely disappointed by what I perceived as high school level play at the quarterback position, maybe even worse, uh, like intramural tech band play, <laughs> uh, football play, flag football. It was really bad. Yeah. The pass that McNeil made in the flat that you guys were harping on was one of the worst piece of shit plays I've ever seen in my life at any level of football ever. Uh, the worst part of this is, and I can't stress this enough, is, well, it's twofold. One, South Alabama has never had a winning season in program history. Uh, granted, they've only been around 20 years. Yeah, like 12. You know what? That that does not make it sound any better. But um, I think South Alabama actually had a really good first drive. They set the tone. They marched right down the field. And I thought, oh, great. They're kind of like doing what uh, our guys used to do. So uh, I think they're going to have a good record this year. Three games away from their first bowl ever. So congrats to those guys. They have a pretty good team. But Tech just sucked. The thing that pissed me off the worst is that South Alabama's in the Sun Belt, and I made the mistake of going around and looking at Twitter accounts that I'll will not bother saying who, yeah. uh, just to kind of see if anyone was talking about us, and nobody was. And well, it helps fine. that ULM came in clutch for us. <laughs> yeah, uh, other than they insult ULM by calling them UL most, which I don't understand how that's an insult. Yeah, uh, it's, no. it sounds kind of <laughs> nice. <laughs> they call us Ladnick, so I don't. Yeah, it's I, I mean, neck, but that's that's what an education gets you at the. Is there a dictionary inverted? Do they just randomly <laughs> match up the, well, that's the words and their definitions? 
that's the education you can expect to get at a uh, false flagship school. Uh, that's so, a good name for it, man. False flagship. False, the false yeah. flagship. Hell yeah. Okay. I just I just made that up. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I need to be, I need to be exhausted more often. Um, <laughs> well, I don't think that's going to be a problem. But yeah, it, I hate this. I hate that. I hate that we look so bad. I really hate that we look so bad against the Sun Belt School. But worst of all, I don't think we're going to get any better. Uh, yeah. Because Parker McNeil looked like me after three PBRs and a couple of THC cream routines <laughs> playing quarterback. Uh, there was no run game because you. what were you going to do? Run when you're already down 30 or whatever it was? Uh, the defense wasn't very good, but it's hard to be good when you're constantly getting the ball turned over by the other side. Um, I realize I'm kind of all over the place, but that's kind of how this game was. <laughs> yeah, that's us. how this team was. All, all yeah. over the place. It just sucked. I mean, uh, the thing that's really pissing me off on defense are missed tackles. I really, really oh. cannot stand did you missed see? Tackles. Did you see the number from from PFF? It was on Bleed Tech Blue, so I don't know if no, you saw. No, but I would love for you to share it with me. Nineteen mix, missed tackles that, in the that, game. That is, that's an abomination. Nineteen. That's an I abomination. Mean, that's awful. Again, that's and awful. this is not. Th- that's more than we had against Clemson. Like, what the fuck is going on? That's twenty two percent of all the tackles in this game were missed. <laughs> that's horrendous. And my, I remember a couple weeks ago when. Uh, Tech was playing Clemson. My mom, of all people, who you know mostly just follows LSU, uh, texted me. He's like, "Man, Tech's kind of holding their own against Clemson." Uh, and I was kind of, "Yeah, they were." But to have performed better against Clemson uh, than South Alabama is pretty sad. <laughs> yeah, but, it, it's almost like a letdown effect where it's like, "Hey, we held our own against against Clemson, so like we don't need to we don't need it, to try that hard." I, I don't but, know. No, yeah, well, Tech gets handled by mizzou who as it turns out mizzou is fucking awful and then destroys sfa who must be holy shit levels of awful and then gets butt plugged by south alabama just like so of I, all of all schools like south alabama come on i know i know I, but that i told i said this in the group chat I don't think South Alabama is a bad team. I think they're actually pretty damn good. No, they're in a good position to win the conference yeah. this year. Yeah, yeah, they're not a bad team. And hey, they go, well, they, they go got, play they ULL got, this weekend, and I'm their biggest fan. So I mean, well, they got they got to play App State and Coastal Carolina. So I don't like their chances that much. But uh, as far as but we're here to talk about Tech. Yeah, uh, it was bad. I hated it, and it, I don't see how the team can get any better. And there's been – I know there's been rumblings about they need to make another quarterback change and go to the, the true freshman, and I just think that that's a colossal waste of time. I, wow. I, I know that it's still early enough let's, in the season. Let's talk about, let's yeah, talk let's, about that later. Let's hold that yeah, off for sure. a little bit because no we'll talk about the rest of the season since we're coming up on a bye week rather than preview an opponent. So then I will just uh, kind of clear this up. Just bad on all three phases. And Cumby came out after the game, and I, I picked up a quote from him where he said, I just, you know, that wasn't a very well-coached game by me. And I'm thinking, yeah, no shit, pal. <laughs> you, just, <laughs> you just got decimated by South Alabama. And maybe South Alabama will go like 11-1 and and win SBC and play a really prominent bowl game. I don't know. But right now it just feels like I don't know who the hell this team is. Well, I think for me – the biggest thing that's frustrating to me and Matt, you talked about what frustrated you about the game. What frustrates me is that when we're not making a stupid ass decision that puts the ball in the hands of the other team, we're pretty okay. 
I mean, we're not we're not world beaters. But like if you look at these last two weeks, you know, five turnovers against South Alabama, uh, three turnovers in the third quarter against Clemson that really put that game out of reach when it was a one score game at halftime. Right. These are things that we're doing to ourselves, you know, and putting the other team in an easy position to run up scores on us and be out of reach. Right. Like like Tech's not outgained by a lot in this game. We're outgained by 80 yards. But again, South Alabama had a lot of mental mistakes, 14 penalties. They had a turnover of their own. I mean, without like the two. So I think two of the interceptions were just like complete stare down, throw straight into the hands of a defender. The other one was thrown behind smoke. So make that play. That's a routine pass across the middle. Nothing caused you to throw that behind. Maybe there's pressure. I don't know. But it just well, that, it just feels like this team is right there. If we had a good decision maker at the quarterback position specifically. And Parker McNeil is good at times. But then he'll he'll do something like stare down a receiver in the flat that's blanketed by the guy who already has two turnovers in the game and throw him a pick six. You know, the easiest pick six of that guy's freaking life, you know? So everything you're saying is true. And that's what frustrates and me is that it, you can see you can see it. We said it after Clemson. You can see the plan. You can see the scheme. But it's these mistakes, man. It's these mistakes well, that are killing us. And just to be Captain Obvious here, if you get six points off, five turnovers, that's 30 points. We lost by 24. So yeah, the turnovers are awful. If you've yeah. got five turnovers in a game, one of which is taken to the house and the rest are all scored, which I don't know the, I don't know if USA scored on all five turnovers, but it does. It's just, that's really, really poorly played football. And it's all, I, I hate to keep whamming in the guy, but it, Kind of all stem from Parker's just anemic play. Yeah. Well, and then Matthew Downing comes in and uh, uh, well, that I don't was know, a, I don't know what's sad. going on with that guy, but he's not the answer clearly. But we'll we'll talk we'll talk quarterback in a, in a little Later. bit. My last point here in the bad section, and then I promise listeners we will get off of this. But did y'all see La Tech Sports Central's tweet from earlier today or yesterday? Tech has allowed 20 touchdowns so far in 2022. So there's two interception returns for a touch. So two pick sixes, one punt return touchdown, and then eight touchdowns on drives less than 50 yards. On drives with more than 50 yards to go, opponents have only scored nine touchdowns. So we've given up more touchdowns on short field drives than we have on on long field drives. And that's right. Well, what, we've that, turned, what does that tell you? It means we're turning the ball over too much yeah. and the defense, the defense isn't rested. They're not ready to go. And, and they're there's the odds are stacked against them. Teams are only scoring touchdowns on 20% of their drives that they have more than 50 yards to go. So if we could just clean up the damn, the damn turnover problem here, you know, and even, even regress to the mean of being like an average team. That's maybe, you know, plus one minus one in the turnover category, not minus fucking four. Yeah, that's really, really awful. I mean, if that can happen, we can beat some of these teams on our schedule. Now, being a bowl team, I think that's right. I don't I don't think this team could possibly be consistent no. to be a bowl team no. this year. So no. But Nathan, why don't you tell us something good from this game that that may uh, you don't have to convince us it's a bowl team because I don't know that you want to do that either. But <laughs> what what was good in this game? What gave you hope? They still can be a bowl team, but this no. they have to they would have to come out of the bye week with a completely different 
uh, actually that's spoiling our quarterback point. So we'll get to that in a second. But the good thing from this game I have is Greg Gardner. Uh, we really struggled to run the ball in this game, but not so much when Greg Gardner got the carries. Crosby got the majority of them, 10 carries for 21 yards or 2.1 yards per carry. Charvis Thornton, who's also carried the ball a bit, four carries for nine yards, 2.3 per carry. But Greg Gardner, seven carries for 51 yards, that's 7.3, a long of 21, also had an 18-yarder. So the two longest rushes in this game come from Greg Gardner. The only thing that even somewhat worked in this game was Gardner offensively. And so I think that that means he's by default the player. I guess not the player of the game, but the only thing that was good. Yeah. Matt, you got anything? No, it was a fucking disgrace. Yeah, I agree. So I'm going with something else. Uh, Something good that happened this week was there was a conversation on Blue Tech Blue about how Clemson fans were donating uh, to LTAC to thank us for our kind gesture. Uh, Last I saw, it's up to like almost 500 individual contributions from Clemson fans to LTAC. So shout out Clemson fans. But there was a there was a little conversation on Blue Tech Blue about how, you know, maybe tech should consider like giving some of that money to a cancer fund or something. And people are like, yeah, but tech can't really do that because the money was done. And anyway, I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go donate to somewhere. And so I I found Ella Breesey. Her obituary said that her family was requesting to donate to this uh, Cure, Medu- Cure Medulo uh, fund, which is a sheep, unfortunately passed away from medulloblastoma, which is a uh, brain cancer. I found that fund, tweeted it out. This is what happened that was good this week. Tech fans brought that fund from $29,000 on Friday when I tweeted that out. It's a now at $36,000. So tech fans, keep up the good work. Let's get it all the way to 40000 where uh, the goal is 40000 And I know that my sentences here were kind of all over the place, but this sort of bromance between Clemson and Tech is is great, and I think there's some good things coming out of it. So let's keep that well, going, and uh, rest in peace, obviously, to, to Ella, and uh, good luck to Clemson the rest of the way, too. So if it doesn't, if something good doesn't necessarily to be tied to uh, the, this particular football team, then I'm going to go ahead and say that... Yeah, uh, yeah Matt, what possible my, life event my, could be good that happened in the my, past? My beautiful little daughter Liliana uh, was born right before the Clemson game and so that's going on and that's great yeah that's about that that, that's about uh that's about it (laughs) (laughs) and I'm just enjoying being a dad yeah uh our next category I'm not sure if we'll cheat the answers on this one too I have a real answer for it what was surprising uh tech got molly walked by USA yeah the country also the country yeah I would say uh, the fact that we couldn't run the ball uh, against South Alabama still uh, two yards per carry uh, 57 yards on 29 rushing attempts. It, it's pathetic. You got to be able to run the, uh, run the ball against the Sunbelt team. You know, we can make excuses against Clemson against an sec defense, even though Mizzou's looked terrible since they played us by the way. But yeah, I, I'm just surprised that we, we tried, we attempted 34 passes and ran the ball 29 times, but could not establish a run. No, and no, nothing was working. That's surprising slash concerning, I would say. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, Matt, you got a player of the game? Uh, me for watching it. <laughs> Fair enough. I'll tell you who my player of the game wasn't, and then I'll tell you who he what what it was. Smoke Harris is not the player of the game, despite the longest play of the game. He dropped the first bomb was, touchdown, uh, then almost the second one as well. 
And not that this is as much his fault, but the screens and the sweeps that we try with him, it just looked like we were back in the Skip Holtz era. Where it did. It really, really did. Like the plays looked like they were just, he, Sonny Gumby found them behind a trash can somewhere. And yeah, sure, why not? I, fa- I used to play last week from Twitter. So I'll take this one as well. And it just did not work. And I'm not sure what the answer but is, that, but smoke in space what, doesn't work as well as smoke downfield. No, and I smoke's awesome, but it seems like he's boom or bust. And it seems like there's a lot more bust than boom lately. It's almost like one of those gimmicky players on your team that, man, when they're on, they're on. And when they're off, they're fucking worthless. And I love you, Smoke. It's just you had a bad game, and I'm not saying you're a bad player. But we got to be more creative with the way the team's using him because he is dynamic. Yeah, and I think for me, it's the effort, you know? Like, I know sometimes shit happens and you don't catch the ball on when you're open for a touchdown, you know, 80 yards downfield, uh, Israel Tucker 2020 <laughs> or 2019. But uh, the interception that happened because it bounced off his hands, I mean, just watching that replay – it was yeah, like that was... the ball was behind him, so he wasn't going to try to actually catch it. And I'm I've never played the game of football at a competitive level. Um, and apologies to my seventh and eighth grade Clearwood Junior High team that I was on. <laughs> uh, but I, I was, you know, I was like the third string offensive guard. So I I, I played in one game. Uh, Hell no, yeah! No fucking clue what was happening. <laughs> it was terrifying. <laughs> Um, but anyway, so who am I to criticize, uh, uh, you know, a literal like child who's playing football for tech and I'm sitting here criticizing him, but just, just watching that play back in slow motion was just like, man, did you like, did you even want to, did you try to catch it? it? It just didn't, it didn't look like the effort was there. And, you know, I think you see with certain players that like, you know, like you said, Matt, sometimes sometimes he's on and it's like, man, he's going to catch 10 passes for 150 yards. And then other times it's like, oh, OK, I guess I guess you're just going to drop that one wide open. That would have been a first down on third and six. You know, OK, that's what cool. I mean. It's like well, like Trent Taylor didn't drop that right. That pass. It, if that's Trent Taylor, that, that's not a drop. Uh, I don't know. It's just very frustrating. But we've gone down that road already. Yeah. My player of the game. Well, well, that was the player that wasn't my player of the game. I said I had one that's not and one that is. And my player of the game is Tyler Grubbs. I'm interrupting just in case you were going to snipe him from me. Uh, (laughs) But was not perfect. There were a couple times where he was also, I think, a victim of a missed tackle. I'm not sure if you're the victim if you're the one perpetrating it. But I remember once he missed a tackle. It It was pretty bad. But the next play, he just comes out and rocks someone. Um, it really felt like he was really the only player that looked like he knew exactly what he was doing on most plays. Uh, he didn't get called for penalties with PIs down the field that you complained about, even though they were pretty obvious PIs. He was there to play. I think we've kind of put these high expectations on him as, yeah, he's the best player in our defense, so he can't make mistakes. But he made just as many mistakes as anyone else on this team and probably fewer and look the best while doing it. So Tyler Grubbs is my player of the game. That's a good one. Yeah. And I'm I'm going with miles Brooks, another guy on the defense. We had some blown coverages in the secondary, uh, but it was not miles Brooks. Um, also shout out to uh, Willie Roberts for that, you know, playing center field interception that he had, yeah. but 
you know, Miles Brooks just continues to impress. You don't really see him make mistakes as often. He's just been really solid out there. He he graded as sort of the highest uh, PFF player grade in terms of like the starting starting guys, um, you know, with a 72, which I think means like he's starter caliber or whatever, which is, I guess, good. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, he he doesn't he doesn't shine on the stat sheet this game, you know, no picks, just three tackles. But again, when you're a cornerback, that basically means you're not really giving up a lot of a lot of catches. And so, yeah, we'll take that. I mean, we'll need it. Yeah. Yeah. So final segment when we you know, let's <laughs> talk about this game, our final thoughts, did tech go and did tech die another week where it seems like we have a very obvious answer for this. One of the rare times that tech did not go and yet still died. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Tech, tech did not go and also died. And I think we've said everything that could possibly be said about how bad this game was. So I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Same yeah. here. And not because we're running along on time. Tech did not go and they also died. Yeah. So we are now at the bye week which actually feels pretty well placed. Uh, Thank God. At least at this yeah. point. If Ooh. you're going to have a bye week after a bad loss, seems like a pretty good time to have a good motivation to carry you through those 14 days. But it also raises an interesting question. I know message boards have been talking about this a lot. The quarterback situation. So just to go over our options right now, we've seen all three play, but some more than others. There's Matthew Downing, who started the season, looked bad against Missouri. And then when he's coming in either mop up duty or as a change of pace in the other three games this year has looked even worse somehow. There's Parker McNeil, who if he only threw to players in the same jersey as he had on, then he would be good, but that's not always the case. <laughs> and then there's Landry Liddy, who is expected to be the best of the three, but he's a true freshman, and there was some hope that he would retain his red shirt for this year, and so that he would be able to stay on campus an additional four years, and to do so, he would only be allowed to play in three more games for the rest of the season. I know a lot of people online are calling for Landry Liddy to become the new starting quarterback for Tech moving forward, at least into the UTEP game, see what happens, possibly give him the next two or three games, and then either bench him for the rest of the year to preserve the red shirt, or just ride him out, and if things are working well at that point, then it may be worth it. But I know, Matt, you kind of brought up uh, a little while ago that you don't think that that's the right move to make. No, I don't, and the reason why, well, okay, so... I'm going to, I'm going to backpedal a little bit. We talked about this in the group chat. I ultimately agreed with either Evan or yourself, Nathan, that if, and we don't know, I just want to make it clear that no one here knows what the plan is, but things are dire right now. Cumbie seems like a real go-getter. He wants to win now. He doesn't want to have a transitional year. He's trying to win now. And I wouldn't put it past him to give Lydia uh, some reps with the ones over the next couple of weeks and then give him a shot coming out of the bye week to maybe show that he should be the starter. And if he goes out there and rocks the house, yeah, why not? Give him another shot. And if he's still crushing it, sure, give him another one. Because that means now those are his four games. And at that point, if Tech wins those three games and we're four and whatever we are at that point, well, we would be four and what, four and two, four and, th four and, four three. and three. Yeah. Yeah, four and three. We'd be four and three. Then you're like, okay, we've crushed it with this kid. Uh, maybe we should give him some more time. If he goes out there and blows assholes, then it's like, okay, the, the season's pretty much over. You know, there's nothing we can do. So then you don't play him anymore. But if he goes out there and they only win one game out of three, then then I still think that you need to 
it just depends. So ultimately, my answer is, uh, yeah, I think that he should be given an opportunity. And the best time would be the next game. So, so you're saying basically give him a shot with the ones in give practice him a shot. and see if yep. he hangs with the other two guys and yeah. then decide from there. I Absolutely. And if he goes out and rocks it, then you make a decision to start him again. If he goes out there and sucks or if he goes out there and it's just kind of mediocre and Tech loses the game, it just it's going to de- – that's all it really depends on is how he would look in the starting role from opening kickoff until the end of the game. So I say give him a shot, absolutely. And then – Based on how he, based on what he produces, make another decision. Yeah. What do you think, Nathan? I think it's important to know who the next three teams on the schedule are. That if yeah. this plan that fans want comes to, and some fans want, comes to fruition, it would be against UTEP on the road at North Texas, then back at home against Rice, uh, and then Florida International and, will be the fourth game after that. Well, <laughs> well, I think those are solid games. I mean, it's conference play. You know, this is that's what it's all about. These OOC games or whatever. I mean, yeah, you want to win them, but. Ultimately, you want to win the conference game, so you have a shot to win a conference title and go to a better bowl. So my thought too is that we're not playing UTSA or UAB in that stretch. The teams that are supposedly have the best defenses in the conference. So because <laughs> sure. it w- it would be another thing to throw them to the wolves and say, okay, even though it's a conference game, you're playing against a defense that's supposed to be the best. Good luck. Well, now I just yeah, well, but, now and, I just but that's not visions. what's happening. No, it isn't. And now I just have visions of Liddy going out there performing very well winning three in a row and then uh some crazy thing very tech-like thing happens and company's like oh well you know i really want to just have the red shirt and then we lose the rest of the games for the season you know it's just a silly thing in my head but uh that sounds like more of a skip thing that would happen yeah right. in terms of what i actually want to happen i think last week i was even okay i want to keep the red shirt because it sounds good to have him for an extra year but I wasn't expecting Parker McNeil to look like this in this game. Uh, no, I, I mean, think it, that it, the bye week comes at a great time because it gives you two weeks for a new quarterback. If you make that decision the next day, if they're already in that planning for UTEP saying, hey, look, we're going to try with Letty and see what happens. It gives you extra time to practice. You can go a little bit in a bowl game skip if this were skip uh, and hopefully prepare a little bit better for a UTEP team that's defense is – I mean, not bad. They're actually allowing a pretty good, well, if you're tech, a pretty bad completion percentage defensively uh, against FCS school or sorry, FBS schools are allowing only a 50% completion percentage, says this one website. So that wouldn't be great to throw him there. But I mean, in terms of points scored, they're 70th in FBS. The next game, North Texas right now on points scored against them, they're 119th in FBS and then Rice is 104th. All three teams, the offensive unit is the better part of the team. And so I think that I am back. I forget which YO was last week. This season has been weird and roller coasty to an insane degree, but I think it's time. I think it's Liddy time. Sure. And it's uh, what choice do they have? I mean, are you going to go, are you really going to put McNeil out there against Utah against anybody anymore? I mean, he was, even if you go look at his numbers against SFA, it's, it, it, it doesn't just jump off the page. And then you have to consider the competition. McNeil and Downing, I mentioned this in the chat too. I expected more of the players that were recruited to what I consider to be very good P5 schools. Uh, it's it's like Scotty Young all over again. He came in, blew ass, and was never seen from again. You got to do something now to save the season because you know Downing and McNeil aren't the guys. So yeah, Nathan, I'm 100% with you. And you might have to do something, and again, not an inside source, but 
if you're sticking with McNeil or Downing, you're saying we're not trying everything. Yeah, no, That's it, the message it, you're exactly. sending to your locker room is that, exactly. well, we could so, try to win games, but but Evan, you have a counter? Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in here um, and say I don't give a shit about Landry Liddy's red shirt. I, <laughs> I just don't care. I want to have fun watching games. We have eight games left, you guys. Uh. I don't want to feel like I felt for the second half of that South Alabama game where I was just waiting for the next calamity. And maybe Landry Liddy's not the answer to that problem. Maybe not. Maybe not. But I want to fucking find out. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Like, and, and if you're gonna if you're gonna play him, you know, maybe you maybe you play him and you're scared and you say, oh, I, I only want to play him in four games. Obviously, that's the ideal scenario. And we go ten and two with Parker McNeil or Matthew <laughs> Downing as the quarterback. That's not possible anymore because we've lost three games already, right? Like, if I'm Coach Cumby, I'm not thinking about 2022. I'm thinking about 23 and 24. I'm not thinking about 2026 either. That's too far. You're going to recruit other quarterbacks for 2026. Fuck 2026. Go, Go get Landry Liddy some game experience. Every coach will tell you there's no substitute for game speed, game experience. Get Landry Liddy into a game in the first quarter against a conference opponent that matters. But we can still win the conference, by the way. One and three start means nothing for the conference. Put Landry Liddy on the field. And I've said it. I said it last week. I said it this week. If this team stops turning the ball over at a negative four clip per (laughs) game, this team can win games. We've seen we have offensive playmakers. We have a defense that can hold opponents to, I mean, the defense this week only gave up, what, 17 points in, in non-garbage time play? And, yeah. and on, you know, like, there's a punt return, there's a pick six. So right. 38 points sounds bad for the defense, but the defense didn't give up a bunch of those points. So this is a team that, even though we're talking about transition, we're talking about not being that good this year, this is a team that if we can clean up the quarterback play, then we're in games in our conference. And I'm not talking about beating UAB. I'm not talking about beating UTSA, whatever. But the UTEPs, the Rices, the MTSUs, yeah. Enough to get a bowl. Yeah, they, they've all they've all been good, and, and it's scary. You know, we could be staring down a 2-10 and 10 season here. But put Landry Liddy on the field and see what he has. And don't care about his, his red shirt. If we go lose the next three weeks, if we lose 45-10 to 10 with Landry Liddy at the helm, maybe then we'll have a conversation about pulling him out and just, you know, counting your well, losses, yeah, you know, licking your wounds over. until 23. And then you've got you've got three full games of experience for Liddy. And then you'll know. To, yeah, then you'll know. Right. To me, the more important thing is getting this getting this young man, this 18 year old player game time experience. That's not two passing attempts in the fourth quarter of a 52 to 17 blowout. Right. Yeah. And now that one game out of four that we blew for that is starting to be like, eh, really? <laughs> but, but again, really? I don't, I don't care about that. D- sure. Don't tell me about 2026 recruits. That's not what I care about. I want to watch a fun football game next Saturday. Although I won't be watching next Saturday cause I'll be having my wedding reception that day. But I, <laughs> I want to have fun this season, right? <laughs> and if that's if that's a 45-42 loss with competent quarterback play for four for sure. three and a half, four quarters, sure. that's what I want. Yeah, if you hear me during your reception yell out quite a bit about Hey, I will I will be asking you for updates. So don't okay. worry about that. Yeah, I I'm I'm trying to get some discreet earbuds in so I can have a well, be listening to the game without having anyone know. 
Evan and Daniel Adams uh, watched the Tech South Carolina State game at my wedding uh, reception, uh, which was delayed numerous times because of weather or whatever. Yeah, I was there for that one. That was a fun uh, one to be at. Yeah, it took forever. And so it looks like we're all firmly in the camp of give the kid a shot. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, if only because we've said four turn four giveaways a game. Uh, just how bad that is. Last year, the team that was worst was Southern Miss, and they were 2.7 turnovers per game. Uh, right now, the only team that's even close is Stanford with 3.5. Then you have Rice with 3, and then the next worst team is, again, Southern Miss with 2.7. But the difference between 128th and 131st, which is the last, which is where Tech is, is a whole <laughs> 1.3 turnovers per game. Godly, man. And not just turnovers, giveaways. So just the offense sure. turning the ball over. It's insane. It needs to be fixed by any means necessary. Even if you're going to punt on first down, something has to be better than this. And at this point, I want to see what Liddy can do. Well, yeah. and some some might say, oh, well, the bye week comes at a great time because you can coach Parker McNeil. Uh, no. What we're seeing is no. not. No. And, and Matt, it's you mentioned over. Coach Cumby said, said like, oh, I didn't coach this game very well. How are you supposed to coach out? Don't stare down your receiver for five seconds and then throw the ball into double coverage. Like that's like a cat you get a spray bottle. Yeah, spray bottle. Every time he does it, spray him with water. <laughs> well, if my thing is, if you don't know not to do that by the time you're like 23 and a redshirt transfer senior, like I'm sorry, you're not going to learn in I mean, one week I, of practice. So I mean, yeah, I hear, I hear what you're saying. Just I don't want McNeil or Downing to throw another pass for Louisiana tech football. Wow. So there's just so much that's left to play out uh, that I I'm both excited and uh, a little scared. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. so, so much left to play out. I think the bye week is usually a good time to do these kinds of things. We gave best case scenario, worst case scenario predictions at the beginning of the year. So I think very quickly giving a revised version of that, I don't think any of us can say, oh, yeah, Tech is going eight and four this year. I don't think any of us can say that in good uh, faith. No. But no. where do you see? I'm, I'm sure worst case is never winning a game again or something like that. But but Matt, do you well, want to start well, with best case, worst case scenarios? Best case scenario, Liddy comes in, plays really, really. I don't think he's going to come out and throw six touchdowns. Liddy, please prove me wrong. But uh, best case, I'll say realistic. Best realistic case, Liddy comes in. And is a great game manager who allows the running game to blossom a little bit more, keeps the defense off the field so all the time, and just doesn't turn the ball over. And Tech's yeah. able to win more games with a more balanced attack that doesn't piss the ball away. Uh, worst case, Liddy just isn't ready. I'm not going to say the kid sucks because it's not fair to say that to a true freshman. Uh, but Liddy comes in, he just isn't ready. We have to rely on McNeil and Downing for the rest of the year and only win maybe one more game. Yeah. I mean, FIU is the one you're circling as the we better fucking win that game, no matter who's playing quarterback. I'm not even going to circle FIU as a guaranteed win. There's no such thing as a guaranteed win. I'm not going to circle it as a likely win. I don't FIU fucking just know lost this- 73 to nothing to Western Kentucky. It doesn't matter, man. It doesn't they gave matter. Up 700 yards of offense. <laughs> It doesn't matter. I'm telling you, like, if Tech loses to FIU. Oh, man, we're done. If Tech loses to FIU, I don't care if it's by, it would be poetic justice, one point in overtime to FIU loss. No. Uh, Please. (laughs) No. I can't. That that is the, okay, okay, that's the worst case scenario. Yeah. 
So the wor- the worst case you're saying worst case is one in eleven and we lose to FIU in in overtime by one. Uh and best case, put Liddy in there. Hope to get to six wins. I don't even care if they win the bowl. I just uh we need Evan, you've kind of harped on this. We just want some excitement, guys. Please. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so I'll I'll touch on something you just said. I mean, for me, the worst case is Liddy doesn't see the field and doesn't get any experience going into 2023. I don't really care what the record mm-hmm. is. Um, for me, like if Liddy is our quarterback of the future, which I think we all sort of agree that he's he is right. Yeah, um, he's got to be. Uh, that's the worst case for me is just saying, you know what? Like, let's just let's just play the season out and not even get him on the field for for three games of you know, three more games of like reps just say, Oh, he'll come in in a blowout. And then that to me is sort of the worst case. But as far as what I, what I hope happens from here on out is we've got conference play starting out. I could see us beating UTEP, even though I don't know, their defense is pretty good. Uh, I could see us beating North Texas. I could see us beating FIU and Charlotte. So I'm going to say what I think is going to happen is we end up either four and eight or five and seven, either dropping one of those games I just mentioned or winning all four. Um, Rice looks pretty scary. uh, So I'm going to turn into Nathan here and say we lose to them. MTSU just beat just beat the shit out of Miami on the road. So I'm going to say we lose to them at home. Well, that's because they're a team in Kusa staying in Kusa playing Miami. That's true. Uh, UTSA and, and UAB, I'm just going to write off as losses, even if we even if we see the best case play out here. So I think five and seven is probably our ceiling at this point, looking at how this team has played. If we clean things up, if we go to either go to Liddy or if McNeil can somehow stop throwing interceptions, you know, maybe maybe we sneak out a sixth win. We we beat Rice. We beat MTSU. I don't know, but I think five and seven, four and eight is probably my outlook for this season now after, which is crazy because after Clemson, I was thinking like, yeah, seven and five seems doable, you know, but uh, seven and five still doable. I'll, I'll jump in here with mine. That's my ceiling for the season. I still think that seven and five is doable. Uh, Going into the year, we would hope we'd have the win against South Alabama, but I think I said we can go eight and four with the schedule. I still think that's true. We're a quarterback away from having a very good team, and whether that's Liddy finally getting the nod or McNeil, maybe there is something you can coach, and he turns around turnovers. It's really just that one thing, and if that one thing is fixed, then suddenly we win several more games. And so either way, whether through Liddy or through McNeil getting Jameis Winston-style LASIK surgery, I'm not really sure what's going on with him, limiting the interceptions – can he get uh, LASIK again? <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what's needed. Uh, we get a refund. <laughs> but if we're if we're able to, and that's a huge if. But if we're able to limit the interceptions moving forward, then there's no reason we can't go seven and five again. A huge if. At the same time, if we don't, if we play Liddy and he looks like a true freshman among wolves, then I can also see us not lo- winning another game for the rest of the year and finishing with only one win and 11 losses on the schedule, which is not bowl eligible last time I checked. If we lose to FIU, y'all, this is really, really, really bad. So with that, I don't want to, I don't want to imagine this anymore. It's like the worst thing that could possibly happen losing to FIU. Yeah. And so for this week's tweet of the week, uh, I guess we have an apology, which we've already done over Twitter. But (laughs) if you listen to last week's show, previewing the South Alabama matchup, we talked about Craig Stevenson, who is a beat reporter for 
uh, AL.com, uh, writes for South Alabama, talking in one of his tweets that got deleted, but still about how Tech isn't a very good team. Uh, then double down on it. We were kind of harping on him. It's like, well, we just almost beat Clemson. And then it uh, turns out he's right. Uh, so we tweeted out, I'd like to formally apologize to Craig. We are terrible. He responded with, it's all good. Was a competitive game till the back-to-back turnovers, which, uh, is, which was I the mean, nicest possible way of putting that. That's very nice of him to say, because it wasn't, uh, it wasn't, I wouldn't have described it as competitive because we had already made a bunch of mistakes, but you know, if not for the 17 mistakes that we made, it would have been a good game. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Craig. Yeah. So that's this week's tweet of the week. Rather than picking something that was probably more depressing, there's probably a lot more depressing tweets we could have picked from on the feed, but we'll give it to that instead. So that about wraps it up for this episode of the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E or head to our blog, gtpdd.dog, where you can do the contest. You can play a fantasy football challenge or you can go to the shop. Uh, fantasy football will continue this week, even though Tech won't be playing because other Conference USA games will be, but the contest will be on hiatus until Tech resumes against UTEP in two weeks. The shop, however, will also change soon because it's nearing the end of September, so if you want the Spirit of 88 Bulldog logo shirt, you should get it now because that's not going to be here for much longer. gtpdd.dog slash shop. And until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And go Tech. Please don't die. Uh, my brother Kevin, who was very much looking forward to this episode, they even changed our group chat. My brothers and I have they changed the group chat photo to the uh, South Alabama uh, logo. Uh, uh, to troll to troll me this week and uh kevin was like oh, i can't wait to hear this episode because the pod's only fun whenever you guys are depressed <laughs>